Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Coffee in the Corral. I'm Abigail Hobbs. I'm sitting here out in my corral and it's really peaceful this morning. It was down to 49 degrees this morning, which was amazing. So it's still not very hot out here. The horses are at the moment sleeping peacefully. There is a really cool red hawk um, that's circling the woods nearby us, making a bunch of really unique calls. So I'm not sure, but it's been fun to listen to it. Anyways, I will be honest, I'm a little nervous about today's episode. Um, but we're just going to get started and uh, yeah take it bite-sized pieces I think um, I'm nervous because I'm gonna talk a little bit about my past today and I don't know how um, organized it will be I may not get through all of it it's a long story maybe the next few episodes I'll break it up we'll see um, but yeah uh, goodness reason why I felt like um, I wanted to start talking about this uh, is because um, I've just been realizing recently through different conversations and different events in my life that um, I'm still getting triggered really easily sometimes um, and it catches me off guard and it's like I'll be in this conversation and then suddenly all of this anxiety is welling up inside of me and my body is going into trauma mode and I get these really um, strong feelings inside me to run away and hide. So I've been thinking a lot about that this week and um, you know just I think as we go through life, it's things kind of unpeel, you know, layer by layer. And different different circumstances bring up different feelings and can suddenly uncover these wounds that we haven't dealt with yet and that haven't healed. So I've been thinking about that and... Um, just realizing, okay, there's some areas that I recognize that need attention, they need um, healing, and they need me to be intentional to kind of dig in and ask, be curious, ask myself, you know, why I had these feelings, what was I thinking, what is that related to, and all of that, all of that good stuff. Asking yourself questions is an amazing place to start when you start feeling yourself reacting um, to something very strongly, it's probably trauma. So, um, yeah. So, I've also been listening to this audiobook, um, and I think I've mentioned it. It's called The Choice by Dr. Edith Eager. Anyways, uh, today, she made this point. Um, they had tried really hard you know she was taken as a Jew during the war and in a concentration camp and lived through hell 
um, out of her city that she was taken from, 15,000 Jews were captured and taken to concentration camps, and only 70 from her city came back alive. And she was one of those 70, her and her sister. Um, so it's just, it's a crazy story. It's a very difficult story, but it's also riveting and deep and profound. I highly suggest it. Again, it's called The Choice by Dr. Edith Eager. Um, so anyways, she was talking about, you know, even after the war, they, um, the communists came in and they were always living on the edge and, you know, always being searched by police officers and just, you know, life didn't, life wasn't rosy after that. It was still really difficult where she was living. Um, and so they finally got escaped to America. And I'm at the point, I'm not done with that, the book yet, but I'm at the point to where she's on the ship and she can see America and they're about to get there. And she's just overwhelmed with, you know, joy and relief because she finally feels like, you know, she's free. But she says at the end of this chapter, she says, I had finally escaped, but I was not yet free. And that really hit home to me. I mean, like, punched me in the gut. Because I realized, especially after this week and, and getting triggered several times, I realized that I am, I have escaped from the cult that I grew up in. But I'm not yet all the way free. There is still a lot of healing and a lot of freedom that I desire. Um... That's going to take years, and it's going to take a lot of effort and therapy and who knows what else. Um, but, you know, it's she just made such a good point. Like, even though she had gotten to America, doesn't mean she was really free. So, I'm going to be thinking about that. And, I don't know. So, I'm going to share some of... Uh, some stories from how I grew up and uh yeah we'll just see see how long I get I'm gonna drink some coffee here it's so yummy anyways my dog's sleeping here at my feet it's really sweet all right let's get started <clears throat> enough enough uh prefacing and all anyways so my parents met this church, um, and it wasn't like a church building. It was a group of people. So my parents met this group of people through my younger sister's birth um, because they came as midwives to her birth. And um, so they met this group of people, and I was about eight and a half um, no, I guess I was nine. I guess I was nine. Yeah. Because that's when my sister was born. So I was nine years old. My sister was born. And I met these midwives. They really liked them. They were these, you know, devoted Christians. And they talked about, you know, meeting as a group and being God's people, being his chosen people, being, um, and, and being like the Church of Acts. 
and they talked a lot about, you know, we're not like the churches, all the other churches that have these big buildings and these services, you know, we're all about like being an actual family, you know, leaving your relatives and joining this group of people that are your new family. You know, God's family is the important family. And, um, they talked a lot about like, we're the real thing. You know, all these churches out, out there are hypocrites, but we are the real people. And, you know, this is all perspective from the, what I heard as a nine year old. And, uh, we started attending their meetings. They would have meetings at a community center. It's about 45 minutes from our house. Um, so we had to drive a little bit to the meetings. They would meet Sunday mornings and then they would meet Wednesday nights. Um, and we started just driving to that every week. Um, my parents, my mother specifically, I really don't know much about my dad and how he felt. Um, my mother was, uh, the strong one. I'm, she's the one that always uh, vocalized everything. Um, she was the one that disciplined us. My dad was kind of more quiet and just went along with things and tried not to upset the boat. So I don't really know how he felt, but my mom was very strong about this is what we need to do. This is where God is. And, um, she was unhappy with the church that we were in, which was a non-denominational, non-denominational church, but it was really big, had a lot of people. And really, honestly, the only thing I remember about it was I had to wear dresses every Sunday when we went to that church and I hated it. (laughs) I did not like wearing dresses. It was not my jam. So every Sunday I was angry as a little girl and I would cry because my mom would force me to wear a dress. So that was mostly my memories of that church. So we started going to this, these meetings and there was only a few families. I don't know, maybe four or five. Yeah, four or five families that would get together and there was one leader that was like, spearheading the whole thing and he, he he had changed his name to Noah he was David and you know of course because he was so biblical he became Noah and um, he would lead the meetings and he would do most all the talking and he was the visionary he always you know he was really good about you know rallying people and bringing them together and giving them this big vision that got everybody excited about what was going on. So, um, we would go and I liked going because it was a smaller experience and we could play outside with kids our age before the meeting started and then we'd have to go in for the meeting and then afterwards we could play back outside. So as a little kid, that was more fun than going to a church building where you just had to wear a dress. So, um, as we first started going, I was like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. I meet new friends. You know, we were a homeschooled family, nine kids. My older brothers, my three oldest brothers basically moved out of the house by that time. So it was just, uh, five, five of us at that point. Um, because my youngest brother wasn't born yet. Anyways, um, so first of all, I was like, this is cool. But during, you know, I'm a real, I'm a very sensitive person. I was a very sensitive child and I had a very sensitive conscience. 
And so, you know, we, my parents raised us, mainly my mother, in a very strict household, you know, God-fearing. She would read us the Bible all the time and like missionary books. And we didn't have TV. Uh, we didn't have, oh, somebody's here. Hold on just a minute. Okay. Anyways, um, sorry, that was some neighbors that just pulled up uh, looking for, they lost three cows. So got to keep an eye out for three cows running around here. I do love living in the country. It's always exciting. Anyways, um, so yeah, I was a really sensitive kid. And um, like I said, my mom was, you know, really strict in raising us and we got spankings and um, she was really big on obedience. So, you know, with all of that already being ingrained in me about, you know, obeying and, you know, uh, being a Christian and what it means to obey and follow God uh, or else you'll go to hell. I was already very sensitive to all that. And so we go to these meetings and Noah, the leader of it all, he would talk and he'd be really intense. He was a really intense guy and he would talk about, you know, the Bible and, and what it means to be a true Christian. And and I remember him talking about uh, the fiery furnace. And sometimes he'd get like so intense he would throw the Bible down and like be talking really intense. And, and I would remember sitting there and feeling so afraid, feeling so afraid of God and so afraid of hell that I would be like shaking inside and just so scared that I was going to mess something up and go to hell. And so after we started attending those meetings every week, I started every night when I would go to sleep, I would cry myself to sleep because I was afraid of dying in my sleep and going to hell. And, you know, when my mom would put us to bed at night, she'd be like, don't get out of bed or you're going to get a spanking. You know, you couldn't get up because you had to get a drink of water and you had to use the bathroom and you, so, so that you had no reason to get up after that. Well, sometimes I would forget and so I'd be really thirsty laying there in bed and I would want a drink of water, but I would be so scared to get a drink of water because I didn't want to get a spanking. and I wasn't allowed to get up. Well, I would sometimes sneak out of bed and run, grab a drink of water and sneak back to bed. And I would be so scared that, oh my God, I disobeyed my mom. And now if I die in my sleep, I'm going to go to hell. So I would fall asleep at night crying, afraid of dying and going to hell. And my mother never knew. I never told my mom. I never told my dad. Um, they just, they didn't make that kind of relationship space for us that I felt safe taking my fears to them. I just... I was afraid. I was afraid because I I thought if I told my mom I would just get whooped and um I got spanked a lot so I was, you know, doing everything I could to not get a spanking and so I I didn't want to talk to her about it. And so it was years as a little girl of crying myself to sleep, being afraid of going to hell. And so these meetings that would happen every week were just really solidifying and instilling in me an intense fear 
of God and this picture that he is sitting up on this throne and he's got lightning bolts in his hands. In any moment, he will just strike you dead if you make one little mistake. So, as we, the more we started attending there, the more devoted my mother became to it and the more she loved it. And um, I loved the friends that I made there. Um, and so I, you know, you, you believe your parents. I, I believed it was what God wanted us to do and where we were supposed to be. But I lived in a lot of fear. And so um, I'm going to jump forward a couple years. Um, that just, it, I mean, it just, like I said, it, we attended a lot of meetings and we did a lot of stuff with them. And I just remember like my mom becoming really, really in love with uh, the whole idea and all the people there. My dad just going along. Well, jump fast forward a few years and my uh, youngest brother was born. He was the last one. Anyways, um, he was, as things progressed and my mom got more involved, my dad got less involved. Um, and so when I was 12, my, my youngest brother was born and my mom had been attending meetings. My dad would, was attending them less and he was not so much into them. We had this family stay at our house, and I don't really understand it. I was 12, so I don't really know what all the, um, you know, the adult details of the whole situation. I just know what I'm told. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, how much of the things that I was told were just fucking lies? We had this homeschool family come stay with us, and the dad of the homeschool family convinced my dad that it was a cult we were going to and that we should stop going. And so, um, of course, the group of people that we were spending all this time with was very huge on, like, you know, there are these people that are kind of come in, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. And so this family that stayed with us, they started talking about the dad like he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. And he was lying to my dad. And looking back, pretty sure he was telling my dad the truth. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, my mom didn't buy it. She didn't believe it. She was had had bought the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker. So she was still going to attend. My dad decided he didn't want to go. Anyways, um, I had noticed my parents' relationship getting worse. They were fighting a lot. I remember my dad sleeping on the couch really often. Um, so as I got older, from probably age... Uh, well, yeah, probably from when we started going there to like the last three years, my parents seemed less and less in love with each other, like drifting apart. I don't know that they ever were truly in love, you know, but as a little kid, you think everything is fine. Well, I knew everything wasn't fine. They were fighting a lot. My dad was on the couch at that point. I realized something was wrong. My mom decided she wanted to go to the meeting that night. My dad told her, no, she couldn't. She said, I'm going anyways. She had, um, my youngest brother was just six weeks old. And my oldest sister, who was like 16 at the point at that time, was like, well, I'm going with her too. 
And then my sister that was right older than me was 14. And we felt caught in between. And I remember my parents standing there. My mom was on one side. My dad was on the other side. And then my oldest sister was with my mom. And then my sister that's between my older sister and I, who's two years older than me, she was standing with me. We were like in the middle of my parents. And my dad was saying, I know you can't go. My mom was saying, I'm going anyways. And then we were standing there like, well, what the hell are we going to do? And I just felt like I couldn't disobey my dad because, you know, I had been taught biblically that he was the leader of the family. And I just it didn't feel right. And he was being really stern with my mom. And I had never seen that. He had, I don't think he had ever told her no like that about something. And so I felt afraid of him. And I felt like my mom was being bad by not listening to him. And I didn't know what to do. But I wanted to go with my mom because I liked going to the meetings. So that's where my friends were. And anyways, I was just crying. I just remember I was just crying and crying. And my older sister... I was just two years older than me, that she said, I'll stay here with you. So that I wouldn't, because she could tell I didn't, I felt afraid and I didn't feel like I could leave and go with my mom. So she stayed with me. And that night, the uh, family sat down with my dad and me and my sister and told us, had a huge meeting and talked for hours, uh, how evil my mom was. How she was a wicked witch for disobeying my dad and that they were going to a cult and all this stuff. And my dad just sat there and he like cried and he had this really depressed void look on his face. I had never seen him like that. He looked really dark and just scary. He looked scary. And my sister and I just huddled up in the corner together and cried for like two hours during the meeting. And my dad never even like put his arm around us or offered us solace or anything. It was just weird. It was a really weird, horrible, traumatic situation. My mom came home. Well, within a week of that situation, my mom decided she was going to the next meeting the next week and my dad had told her no. So he, they got in this big fight and my dad grabbed the keys to our van and he took off on his motorcycle so we couldn't leave. My mom got angry. She told all of us, to, she said, get the diaper bag. And then she told me, Abby, get your guitar. Because I was playing guitar at that point. I would started playing when I was 10. So we grabbed the diaper bag. I grabbed my guitar. And she says, we're going. We're going to start walking there. This is, this is a 45-minute drive from our house. It was dark. It was pitch black. We lived out in the country in the boonies in the middle of nowhere. There was a bunch of scary stories about where we lived with these uh, roads that had dead ends and people that got murdered on them. And so I was always scared to go down the road at night. It would have been really unsafe. At that time, that point, that part of Florida was not, um, a, you know, it was really countryside. Now there's like a lot of um, s- suburban areas through there. But anyways, it was scary. But it's what my mom said to do, so we did it. And we just grabbed the diaper bag, my guitar, and we started walking down the road. It was cold. It was a cold, I mean, cold for Florida. It was chilly probably in the, I don't know, 50s. And then from behind, I hear this motorcycle coming. It was pitch black, and I'm just scared as hell. And this motorcycle comes up, and I start hearing my dad yell, Get that baby back in the house. Get that baby back in the house. And my mom said, We're just going for a walk. And he's yelling, Get that baby back in the house. What are you doing? 
And she just kept saying, we're just going for a walk. She wouldn't turn around and look at him. He was behind us on his motorcycle. And I was scared to death. I'd never heard my dad yell at my mom like that. I know what was going on. I didn't understand it. Then my dad starts calling my name. Abby. Abby. And he kind of gets up close to the motorcycle. Abby. And I felt so torn because growing up, I was really close to my dad. I was the tomboy. I wanted to be outside. I did mowing with my dad. We would build things together. We would dig together. Anything. I would do anything in the world to be outside working with my dad. I hated being inside. I My mom taught me how to make bread and crochet a little bit and do, you know, house clean and, and but do all the things, but I hated it. I never wanted to be inside. It was like I learned it, but that was not, my sisters would have enjoyed it. I did not. I wanted to be outside. Um, and so I worked with my dad and he would always joke and say, you're the best boy I ever had. Um, because I just loved doing all the outside work and I never complained about it. So I was really close to him and then suddenly he's calling me and I just felt so torn because I wanted to go to him, but I felt afraid and he felt really scary in that moment. It felt too scary. I'd never heard him like that. This was not like him. So I just felt massive danger because I was like, who is this? This is not my dad. He never acted like that. He never raised his voice. He hardly ever spanked us. My mom whooped us, but my dad, that was not his style. So, but suddenly he was really angry. And then I felt like he was trying to pull me out to use me as leverage to get my mom back. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And my mom apparently never even heard him saying anything to me. Because she just, just kept on walking. And so I finally said, Dad, I got to go with Mom. And I was sobbing and crying. And he said, come here. Come here, Abby. And I just sobbed and cried and said, no, I got to go with Mom. And then so he turned, whipped around his motorcycle and drove away. And I remember just walking, feeling so alone and scared and confused. And then these friends came driving down a road they just happened to be stopping by for a visit you know this is way before cell phones or anything and they saw us out walking in the dark they picked us up and drove us to a convenience store where another family came and picked us up and then drove us to their house and it was the beginning of chaotic living with people living with multiple families in small trailers and the strange thing about all of this is None of this was ever explained to me. My mother had never noticed me crying in the back. She never talked to me and told me what was going on. Um, I think she was just in survival mode, doing what she thought was best. Um, but it was a really traumatizing time for me. And um, I'm going to have to pick up from there next week because this is going to be way too long. Otherwise, we'll start from that. That, that gets us up to the point to where, from that point on, we were living in community uh, with other families for the next, God, uh, over, over 20 years, over the next 20 years of my life. I don't know, like 20, 22, 23 years. Anyways, I will, uh, we'll start, we'll start again next week, but, um, you don't have those kind of stories and then never 
struggle again or never get triggered or never uh, have issues. You know, like trauma like that as a child, um, it sticks with you. It's sucky. Um, But I feel like part of my healing is going to be telling my story and I I want to be free um you know I haven't lived there in over six years um but it's only been the last three years really that our family has realized the hell that we grew up in and has started um, seeking counseling and making changes and really doing uh, a 180 basically in every area of our life um, because we just didn't even realize how ridiculously unhealthy and traumatic and horrible it all was because you only you only know what you know and if it's what you grew up in that's it's what you think is normal so uh yeah so I've escaped but I'm not all the way free and I think this is part of it is being able to talk about it so I love you guys I know this is a little bit heavy thanks for hanging in there we're gonna get through this together Hope you have a great week. Um, I want freedom for all of us. So, take a deep breath. I think it's there. We'll get it. All right. See you next week. Bye. If I wrote it in a song, would you believe it more? If I busted at the lock, Would you open the door? If I dare to speak my truth, would you still value me? If I reach my hand to you, would you reach it back to me? Darling, there's no reason why you should have to hide. Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there